Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everyone to RB1 Colin the Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys. We have resident old man Clark Barnes on spotty Wi-Fi uh, as he gets settled in his new place, and the weatherman Jordan Smith. Guys, how does it feel uh, to be the Titans' public enemy number one? Feels great. I can't wait to take more shots at them in this podcast and throughout the week. <laughs> I uh, I have gone fully on the bandwagon for the Titans just because I really don't want to see the Chiefs be the team out of the AFC. But uh, but Titans fans, let's let's calm down a little bit. All right, uh, a lot of a lot of Titans fans in our mentions for all of us unanimously picking the Ravens to win, much like the rest of you know football mind. And it wasn't like we were the standalones giving a uh, underappreciated or a team that was equally on the radar as the Ravens, the lack of respect that maybe they were deserved. Yes, they beat the Patriots, but let me be the first to tell you uh, that Patriots team not going far, uh, but the Ravens team was going far. So you, you got to give them credit now after being able to uh, put together a, another big win going into two hostile environments coming to the win. And now they're in the AFC championship. As a Texans fan, I would just like to report that football is stupid. <laughs> Clark, uh, if 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 you are feeling up to it, I'm sure the listeners at home would love to hear just your mindset in the first, uh, I don't so, know, 20 minutes of that game. So I'm getting settled in. So I went I went shooting on Saturday, and I was at the like oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it in time for the second half. This is going to be fantastic. I get home, 24 to 21. It was all downhill after that. Uh, uh, this is why Houston sports fans don't get to enjoy anything. And I knew that this was going to happen. I knew when I got it that it was all not. And it was all going to come crashing down. This is what is they betray you and it hurts. I think the listeners at home will have gotten the general gist of what Clark just said there, but your audio cut in and out at random moments. And it sounded like you were just stringing together a, like a whole trail of obscenities. And it was just, you were self-correcting yourself with, with all your swear words. But the general point is, is that you came home and the game was more or less out of hand already. And you were like, son of a bitch, this is always ha- what happens. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was it was pretty fun to watch uh, Shea Serrano on Twitter process his emotions through the Texans game. Um, it, I, it was just like a it was a roller coaster. I can tell you. I thought. I mean, when the Texans went up fourteen to zero, like that was so. So for both Becca and I during this weekend, we didn't really tune into the games except for the Packers game. The Packers game we watched from beginning to end, obviously. But every other game, we only kind of tuned in once 
either things got interesting in the in the Ravens Titans or I sorry the yeah Ravens Titans and the Chiefs uh, Texans games and then kind of for the Vikings 49ers but anyways but so we didn't I didn't tune in until like I saw something go down and so that's what happened for the Titans Ravens the Titans went up 14 to 0 and I was like oh shit this is like a game let's watch the rest of this game but then the Titans pull out the win so when the Texans went up 14 to 0 against the Chiefs I was like oh shit is this happening again so I turned that game on and then Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense quickly proceeds to score whatever it is uh 27 unanswered points in 13 minutes and then proceeds to go on to score 51 unanswered points in the rest of the game so uh clearly it wasn't it uh Clark what are your feelings and obviously this isn't the topic of the podcast but you know we got a resident Texans fan here who will give us the most unbiased opinion possible about uh Bill O'Brien and his future with with the Houston Texans I feel like you're just being asking that question I'm fueling the flames, Clark. We need some clickbait. The Texans are down by 70 points and have a 4-2. And Deshaun Watson's like, so what's the play? And then Bill O'Brien sends the putt team onto the field. And he's Deshaun Watson, not an idiot, is like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> We need to score. And then I was like, ah, ah, all right, time out. I'm out. And then they go, and then they go for it. I feel like that summarizes how I feel a little bit perfectly. Anyone that we're down by a ton can stop this. So we gotta go for it. But Phil O'Brien oh, oh, had to get corrected by his 24-year-old quarterback and we had timeout. Ladies and gentlemen, T-Pain on the podcast. <laughs> he just came in and uh, laid some bars for us. Oh, this is, That's this what is you just sounded like, Clark. The, most, the most enjoyable podcast for listen. This is incredible. It was, it was auto-tuned, Clark. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to drop off. Okay. Well, Clark, it was beautiful to have you on while while the internet allowed it for a brief hot second. And I hope that even though we can only get words and pieces of what you had said, that it felt mildly helpful and therapeutic to, uh, to release your inner Texans emotions. It was some network. I'll try to be back next week. Thanks. Okay. Sounds good. Bye Clark. And then there were two. And then there were two. All right. Well, since there is only two, let us let us jump right into the the crux of the show. I thought it would be fun. We don't do much dynasty specific talk on the show, um, but I figured, hey, we'll give those out there who play the year long fantasy game some good sweet content this week. So I thought it would be fun to pick a player we are buying and one we're selling uh, in dynasty leagues from the remaining players in the championship round. So anyone on the Titans, Chiefs, 49ers, and Packers. You pick someone who, you know, uh, if you're in a dynasty league, you'd be looking to trade for this player uh, because of how they looked in the postseason or what have you. And someone in the, uh, if you have them on your team, you're looking to sell them in dynasty leagues because, you know, maybe this is the best that it gets. Or you haven't seen what you've wanted to see out of them uh, during this playoff stretch. Well, you want to start us off with uh, who you would be buying in dynasty leagues from the remaining four teams? Um, right now I am buying, um, who do I want to buy? Who do I want to buy? I I think 
one of my favorite players to buy, especially for dynasty purposes. And maybe somebody who's not like extremely on the radar uh, would be Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, He's just a rookie this year, obviously, but he's flashed as somebody who just knows how to get open and um, has proved to be like a pretty decent uh, like gadget player in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I think that's something that, for years to come could benefit. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is 32 years old and not getting younger. So um, if not next year, the year after, I would expect uh, for Debo Samuel to take over as the wide receiver one. Um, Of course, he would still be splitting targets with George Kittle, but um, Debo Samuel is somebody that... um, you know, if, there, if there's a fantasy owner out there who expected a little bit more out of him, then you might be able to get him for like a decent price. Um, I just don't see somebody being able to get uh, the right sort of value returned by throwing a bunch of uh, draft picks and other um, like flex type players at like a George Kittle or a Patrick Mahomes or somebody who's just going to require a lot right. of assets to acquire. Yeah. And I love the Debo Samuel. So when I was going through the guys who I was looking at buying, most of them were rookie wide receivers because there was a surprisingly number, a surprising number of rookie wide receivers on all of these teams. Uh, And if you even just throughout, if you take the playoffs as a whole, because really who I wanted to talk about was I wanted to talk about DK Metcalf, but since he breaks the parameters of our, uh, of our conference championship restrictions, uh, then I can't be able to talk about him. But Spoiler alert, I think he's going to be 2020's Chris Godwin. Just break out of the scene in a big way. I know. Love it. Um, But I love Debo Samuel. I had him in my redraft league for the second half of the year. And he was another guy like A.J. Brown who came came on at the end of the year like wildfire and was a much larger part of the 49ers offense, even with Emmanuel Sanders there. Emmanuel Sanders got injured for that stretch of time. Debo Samuel came in. And was huge. And the biggest thing I was watching the Vikings 49ers game, the amount of time that they, that like Alan Chris talked about Debo Samuel, it just makes me, it made me feel like uh, the 49ers, that brass is hyping him up. And just like whenever they're doing interviews and they're talking to, you know, on, on the field reporters, whatnot, like they are making an effort to be like, Debo Samuel is this guy who can go across the middle, take hits, like, I forget what they called him. They called him a, the man or a man or a big man or something like that. They had some name to describe him where basically it seems like Kyle Shanahan in this offense is like super invested, super in on Samuel. And you're right. Manuel Sanders isn't getting younger. We, we he's already dealt with injuries, uh, including a big one, t- Achilles tear a couple just a year ago. Right. Um, yeah. And this offense is always going to be built around the passing game. It's always going to be built around George Kittle, but there is room for a number one wide receiver and Debo Samuel easily could be that guy. And much like my wide receiver, who I think you should be buying as well. He hasn't, there's only been one game for the 49ers, but he hasn't made a huge impact in the playoffs yet. And that's always something you're playing recency bias, right? It could be just that like, yes, he was great in weeks 10 through 14, but damn, that feels a long way away when you're a dynasty owner and someone comes to you and says, hey, I'll trade you a first and a third for Debo Samuel or whatever, you know, whatever the package could be. 
like as a, you know, you, you haven't seen anything in the playoffs. You haven't seen anything for a couple of weeks now. And you're like, Oh sure. Maybe, you know, well, I'll make that trade. Debo Samuel was fine. Um, and so you might be able to pry him away because of the fact that he hasn't really done anything quite substantial uh, in the playoffs so far. Plus as like you, and this happens to me, especially because I'm like addicted to like rookie drafts and big boards. I start to like ex- exceptionally overvalue draft picks more than I should because you start getting away from the regular football season and you're you like you kind of forget what a player has given you week in and week out and you might like end up looking at like season averages or maybe he had you know seven games that were pretty rough and six games that were really good so you're just kind of uh, in flux on what to do with a person and maybe you're just trying to sell somebody uh, really high that well and, and know, especially doesn't... especially this year dynasty since the this incoming rookie wide receiver class is supposed to just be you know out of this world and so now might be a great time to go try to buy rookie wide receivers from this year in dynasty leagues because of the fact you might be able to easily switch a Debo Samuel for a first round pick because that first round pick could be any number of these rookie wide receivers coming in into the 2020 draft that people are going to get all kinds of excited for. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty bananas class. And if there are people that remember, what was it like the 2014 class with like Odell and, and Mike, Mike Evans, Evans and that, and yeah. in that class, people might be thinking like, Oh, maybe, maybe not all of these stud rookie receivers are hits and they might be looking to get out from under a couple of them because as that draft has proven, not all of them were exactly uh, a plus stars. So, yes. So the rookie wide receiver that, I mean, and we didn't intend it to be, let's talk about rookie wide receivers. You should be buying, but these are the guys we think you should be buying. I'm I think you should be going out and trying to get low on uh, Miko Hardman. Uh, he, when you look at his 2019 state stats <clears throat> week to week, he was pretty hit or miss. He would either go big for you or he would give you absolutely nothing. Uh, but if you look at his full season stats, they were pretty good. They were surprisingly good, at least in my mind, when you look at them, 538 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, and he was fifth on the team in target seventh in receptions, meaning that he was already in a tiny little role because of just who else was on that offense that he was sharing it with. I would expect his role to increase in 2020. And since he just is so damn fast, anytime he touches the ball, he can take it to the house and get you, you know, a huge play. Um, Plus if you get points for kick returning and punt returning, he's been very successful at that recently. Um, And this chiefs offense, we just saw it put up 51 points like it was nothing. I mean, the Texans defense is nothing to write home about, but the ease to which that chiefs offense just threw points on the board threw yards on the board. I want to have a piece of that offense going forward in dynasty leagues. And Miko Hartman, I think is an easily overlooked factor in that team. And Sammy Watkins, I don't think is going to have the same. I mean, he had like 90 targets this year. I don't think that's going to hold true in 2020. Tyree kill is going to have obviously get his. And so will Travis Kelsey, but who that third guy is going to be. I mean, why isn't it Miko Hardman? And he has the ability to to take those targets and turn them into huge plays. So he's a guy who I think Debo Samuel even had pretty good hype about him towards the end of the year. I think Miko Hardman, you could get for, for probably pretty dirt cheap uh, in your dynasty leagues and, and he could pay off, you know, big time next year. Yeah, he had some pretty tough, like rookies get uh, struggles, which, you know, just tends to happen. Um, this 
part of the season, you know, you don't really have a whole lot of fantasy implications unless you're playing some sort of DFS league right now. But if you're watching some of these players, this is this can be a pretty significant time for some young guys or some guys you never really heard of to um, to like gain some trust of the coaching staff, the offense. Because if you show up in the playoffs and like start to perform, then you're like that's pretty memorable. The coaches are going to remember like, oh, remember when this guy showed right. up big for us. Um, one thing I will say with, um, Nicole Hardman is that he could already be, um, groomed to be the Sammy Watkins replacement. Um, the chiefs do have an out next season, um, from Sammy Watkins contract. Uh, he has, he'll be 7 million in dead cap. Um, but they would be his cap hit if they kept him would be 21 million. So they would be saving $14 million by letting him walk. And that's something that the Chiefs, who have been known to want to keep buying some pieces on defense in the past couple of years, might yeah. be looking to do, maybe reshore up the offensive line. Uh, Sammy Watkins is more of a luxury right now than an actual necessity. So that's something to keep an eye on for anybody who's got a lot of Chiefs stock. Totally. and. I was, yeah, Sammy Watkins, 90 targets. He was second on the team in targets this year. So if he gets cut, that's 90 targets, and now it gets opened in this offense. And, I mean, Miko Hardman is the clear favorite to step right into that. And so I, I would buy everything I can. Uh, I'll buy all the Miko Hardman stock. And to your point about guys breaking out in the playoffs and coaching staff taking notice. And that's, that's why I'm fully in on DK Metcalf next year, because that dude, he broke out in a big way, uh, certainly against the Eagles and, and was had some decent plays against the Packers. Um, but I think, I think he is, he is a lock to be a, a top 20 wide receiver next year. So I'm, I'm fully on board him too, but we can only talk about conference championships. So uh, can't talk about him even though I've already talked about him a lot. <laughs> hey, you got to like that DK uh, upside. Like, it's looking pretty juicy right now. Oh, it's looking delightful. Plus, the name itself opens up so many good fantasy team names. You, it, oh, opens yeah. up, it opens up the whole Mario universe, you know, with Donkey Kong. And Metcalf, Metcalf, Metcaffeinated. What was the thing that, that uh, Booger wildly mispronounced his name? Decaf. There it is. Decaf Metcalf. <laughs> Decaf Metcalf. Yep. So there you go. There's all kinds of things you could work with there. Uh, are there any other players who are currently in the championship uh, on championship teams that you are trying to target in dynasty leagues? Um, well, I guess in that same vein, um, I would be trying to target AJ Brown. Um, that seems pretty easy at this point. Yeah. Both the old miss wide receivers. Um I guess on like a a low, like you probably don't have to give up too much to get this guy, but maybe Alan Lazard, like if he can actually turn into something that would be neat. And I don't think you would have to give up too much to get him. Um, in terms of running backs, I'm not especially uh, into any of them for dynasty as far as like going out to grab them right i think running backs in dynasty sometimes you got to treat them like they do in the actual nfl and kind of just hold out to draft one 
and I, it's a perfect segue into, uh, and we'll do my first sell in Dynasty Leagues, and it's a perfect segue. Before we do that, though, I want to quickly pause because I wanted to get your insight on this because I do think I, when I was thinking of guys who weren't rookie wide receivers <laughs> to buy in Dynasty Leagues, I was thinking about the Packers behind Devontae Adams. And it's like, if you can accurately guess, because no one really emerged, right? Alan Lazard was the most recent, but we went into the season with a ton of hype about Marquise Valdez-Scantling and Equinamia St. Brown is still there. Like there are names and Geronimo Allison. If you can correctly guess which one of those guys are going to take, you know, become that number two receiver in the Packers offense next year, all of those guys you can get for dirt cheap right now in Dynasty Leagues. And that would give you a team a huge leg up i didn't know you as our man and you know the guy most closely uh related and intimate with the packers notably cornhole partners with jimmy graham divisional round hero who got the first down with his head uh do you do you have any sense as to what that who that number two wide receiver could emerge to be or is he even on the roster um well this is another time when the Packers are going to be drafting uh, 28th or later in the NFL draft, which is uh, pretty exciting. But at the same time, this is where they could also be a candidate to, again, trade out of the first round like they did with Kevin King. Um, So it could be a pretty boring Thursday for Packers fans. But um, with the wide receiver class being as deep as they can, it is, I think I'm hoping the best thing that they can do is just try to draft a blue chip guy. Um, Cause you know, as much as they've been able to find some late round guys in the past, um, you know, you think of like Jordy Nelson and Devonte Adams, but they were second round guys. Like it's not exact. They weren't exactly like fifth round steals that the Packers just somehow identified and scooped up. Uh, Donald driver, I believe was a sixth rounder, but that rarely happens. Like it's a, a small window of uh, success right there. So I'm hoping they just go ahead and grab like a blue chip offensive weapon. Uh, it's not something the Packers normally do, but it's a, it's a new day in, uh, in Packers front office. So yeah, I'm hoping they just, they grab somebody who can excite the um, offense a little bit. They clearly need some more weapons and uh, it would just be nice to, they've been, they've been investing a lot of resources in defense. They've been more active in free agency on defense. So I think they would go offense in the first round. That's what I'm hoping for. If they're, if they are able to have the same hit rate that they had this year in free agency uh, on offense, that offense is going to get good real fast because damn Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith look like, the best offseason signings in the NFL right now. Oh, I'm loving it. Um, Adrian Amos has been mm-hmm. um, solid as well. It's not showing up in the stat sheets, but he's been like those three, like working together, they allow each other to do yeah. um, for, for the success. Basically it's a trickle down effect there. All right. But before we go on, we are going to take a quick advertisement break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you 
went to. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, all right, so let's transition into guys who are selling now in Dynasty Leagues. And you talked about running backs, and you should take them year to year. And that's why it may come as a shock, it may not come as a shock, the guy you should be selling if you have him in Dynasty is Derrick Henry because his stock literally yes. is never going to be higher than it is right now. He is a beast. I love watching him play. I love watching the Titans offense just basically give him the ball and say, defense, I dare you to stop this man who, when he falls fours, is a 10-yard gain. But you could fleece someone in your league right now for Derrick Henry given what he has done to con- to close the regular season and in the postseason, the running back position is just too much turnover, too much change. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So we don't know if he's going to be back with the Titans, but more so than that, I mean, what is he going to look like after he's had a billion carries in the postseason? And all I have in the back of my head is DeMarco Murray going from the Cowboys where they had that fantastic rushing title season to signing with the Titans and he looks or the Eagles, sorry. And he looks old and can't run the ball because the Cowboys just used them all up. So if you have Derrick Henry, congrats. I hope he carried you to a championship this year, but you should be looking to sell him in dynasty leagues because he, he's not going to get better than what you're currently watching right now. And you could probably get a pretty healthy return, uh, which will ultimately net you more than what Derrick Henry is going to give you in 2020. Yeah, I 100% agree. This isn't a anti Derrick Henry take or anti Titans take. I know everybody thinks that uh you know we hate the titans (laughs) it's it's titans against the world right now it's not you know i i called earlier in the season that i'm like hey we're gonna have to watch the titans in the early wildcard game aren't we and that was when they were like seven and six or something like that it was ridiculous um but anyway I, i completely agree for the sake of the return that you can get by selling on derrick henry now like you won't be able to recoup as many assets in terms of draft picks, or maybe you need to fill some other slots elsewhere. Uh, Derek Henry is 26 years old. And generally after 25 is when the production doesn't like take a nosedive uh, for running backs, but it's just usually not as good. Um, so it's, it's all about selling your stock at its highest point. You can still get plenty of return for them, you know, maybe over the next two or three seasons, but it will never be as high as it is now. If you're comfortable with your other running backs that you have in the stable, then, you know, it could be a good chance for you to, um, you know, retool to build for the future and to make sure that you're a consistent contender. And that's really the point of uh, a lot of dynasty play is to try to maximize value for players and to get out from, under them as soon as you can um or as soon as it's like feasible to do so 
And this is and this but, is the best time to get out from under Derrick Henry if you have him. And not even get out from under him. It's not like he's been bad for you. It's not like he's been like this, you know, in actual football where he's a huge cap hit and sitting on your bench doing nothing. Like Derrick Henry has done a lot for your team, but he is there is no way in my mind that he is going to be doing this same kind of running next year. And so even if he is still a top 15 running top 10 even running back in fantasy. I think the amount you can get for him right now is well worth the uh, the move. Yeah, I mean, you might trade him this season, and then next season again he has you know thousand yards and you know fourteen touchdowns or whatever the heck. And you might be kicking yourself for trading him, but then the year after that maybe it looks a little better, and you have uh, a nice little weapon or two from that trade that's starting to look good and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hit or miss type of thing. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's probably worth it. And since you took Derrick Henry, then, uh, my next guy on the list and to prove that we're not playing favorites or anything like that, my style is Aaron Jones. Um, he's also 25 years old right now. I know it's only his third season in the league, but he's 25 years old. Um, the Packers haven't been famous for like holding on to running backs very long. Uh, and Aaron Jones has, uh, he's the RB three for the league. Like he's had a stellar year, which he'll have a good year next year. And probably the year after that, he hasn't had that many carries and they've been doing a really good job of, um, balancing his workload. Uh, but at the same time, it's about, maximizing the return and if you feel like you can get you know a first this year maybe next year uh grab some young uh talent that you might believe in that nobody else really cares and would throw into a trade then that's just what you got to do it's it's the same i mean we're making the same argument here it's it's aaron jones and derrick henry that you've got to feel like this is a chance for me to recoup some awesome assets and Aaron Jones, especially, I, I mean, Derrick Henry, you're worried about the mileage that the Titans are putting on him. Aaron Jones, I'm worried about the fact that he's five foot eight and whatever, uh, 195 pounds. What's, what's uh, stats and information? What is Aaron Jones's weight? Aaron Jones weighs 207 pounds. All right. And he, which means 200, which means 200. And he is listed at 5'10", but probably really is 5'9". He's a smaller back. Uh, and, the, and the reason they've given, you know, they balance their touches between him and Jamal Williams is because they want to keep Aaron Jones healthy because he is small. And we saw it with Devonta Freeman where smaller backs who take a lot of hits, they don't last as long because they're small. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned that. He's small. <laughs> uh, and so he's another guy where it's not only just that his production could drop off or it could change, but like, I mean, if he takes a big hit and now he's done for the season that's not getting you anything uh and you never want to like anticipate it's impossible to anticipate injuries or you know and you don't want to root for injuries ever but it's something to consider for backs or for players who are undersized at their position um and so i think he's a great one to to sell uh because you're right he's never gonna this is this is quite possibly his his highest uh his highest value yeah, there's also um, some questions. I'm not so sure about the Titans, but there's questions about the Packers' offensive line. Um, 
Elton Jenkins looks like a future uh, all pro. Uh, I don't know where or how that happened, but it's pretty fun that we drafted somebody <laughs> like him. But speaking of having luck in free agent and getting some hits, Billy Turner was a massive miss. Yeah. He's uh, been the starting right guard and he's just, I'm dreadfully worried about how he's going to perform this weekend against the 49ers again. Um, Brian Balaga is also, he's getting up there in age relatively, but he's also due for um, free agency. And uh, like we've seen in the past with TJ Lang and Josh sitting on the Packers, they generally, once you get to that certain point, it's like, okay, sorry, we're not giving you Mm -hmm. a second or third contract, whatever it is. So we'll see. I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. Maybe blog already got extended, and I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> well, while you, while you do uh, stats and information recall, I'll give another guy who I'm thinking about selling. Um, we've already mentioned him on the podcast. It's Emmanuel Sanders. You know, I don't think that that's too mind-blowing of one. I just wanted to give a third. Since, you know, we were going to do just one each when it was all of the guys, and, you know, when Clark was going to be on the full show because his internet didn't suck and, and Nick was going to be on the show. But then everyone, you know, when you're down to two, you got to give the people more. So I'm pulling something out of my katushis right now. Um, word I just made up. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, getting older receiver. He was great as soon as he came over to the 49ers. Worked super well in Shanahan's system. I don't know what you could necessarily get for him, but I certainly think that he's going to get replaced and be eventually, you know, he's a free agent at the end of this year. And so, you, you know, he might not even be in San Francisco anymore. So if he has a big game against the Packers this weekend, then sell him in Dynasty. Uh, even try to sell him now, just going off of what happened in the regular season. Um, yeah, so can confirm Brian Balaga is just a straight up free agent after the season Good. uh and he's 30 acquiring minds so, are now set at rest yes and uh emmanuel sanders is he's in that category of if you have him and you're not a contender in your dynasty league then you can probably sell him to a contender somebody who uh either made the playoffs or you know got a game away from the championship something like that who just really needs like a one year of production. Yeah. Like I just need a guy to help me get over the hump. Uh, you might not be able to sell him during the um, off season here, but maybe if he's still producing at some point in the season and, you know, somebody sees that and they're like, Oh, I, I need, I need to fill one last flex spot. Let me make this trade and give up a couple assets for him. I feel like he's just in that zone. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I think that's, that's about the, as I was going through these teams, there's only four teams to pick from. And there's only so many guys on each team. So I think we covered uh, most of the bases of people who you should be buying and selling just out of the uh, championship teams. Uh, before we go though, before we call it a show, since we're going to try to keep this a little, a little short one, uh, let's make our championship pick since we only got one show a week now these days. Jordan, I know obviously you're probably going to be leaning towards the Green Bay beating San Francisco, but uh, let's start with the NFC showdown. Who is your pick uh, to uh, make it to Super Bowl for the NFC? Well, I want to take my time and be thoughtful about this because lost in all the noise on Twitter, I did go three for four in picking the winners. This is true. You have you. Um, you, Are you boasting the best record of the pod? I think you might be. Because I feel like we feel like we all might have went 
two or four or three and four. Let's see. So I went I went uh two of four. Clark went one of four. You went one, two, three of four, and Nick went two of four. So you currently have the best record amongst us. You know, you know best. So whatever Jordan says here, hundred percent correct. Time to go zero and two. Um, <laughs> so I, I felt like I was not all that invested in the Packer game uh, yesterday. Maybe it was my violent hangover from Saturday night, or maybe I was just like, you know what, this Packer team has overachieved. They've done more than I can ask of them this year with a rookie head coach. It's trending upward in Green Bay, which is all you can really ask for. Um, that being said, I. I just think the Packers have a hard time going to the West coast. If for whatever reason, the Vikings won and they had to come back and the NFC championship yeah. game was at Lambeau. I'd be like, yes, give me, give me the Vikings outside at Lambeau. But you know, they already lost their outdoor match um, this last weekend. But I think I, I just got to say Niners, they made the, they made the Packers look like a JP team the last time they played. So it's, I, I'm not feeling confident. I just got to go Niners. That's just what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for the Packers, uh, but picking the Niners just because I think oh, if the Packers, yeah. if the Packers had one more legit wide receiver, I think this would be a totally different game, but there just isn't that second passing option because Richard Sherman is presumably going to be on Devonte Adams. That'll be a great matchup to watch. And Sherman's been playing fantastic this season. And so you, and it seems like you just need that other guy. I mean, we saw what St- Diggs was able to do on that opening drive. Uh, then they switched that Witherspoon, but you got to pick on their other corners and their other defensive backs. And I don't know who the Packers are going to do that with. So rooting for the Packers, but I think the, the 49ers take this and are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Devontae Adams was basically having his way with uh, the Seahawks, uh, but I, I just don't think you can really do that, uh, and I don't think he'll have the time to do that to, against yeah, the with, with Niners defensive line. Yeah. Uh, in the AFC, I it says it on my Twitter bio, I am now a bandwagon Titans fan. I have learned my lesson about doubting Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel's uh, penis that he's going to remove when they win the Super Bowl, So I, I don't say no to that. I am all invested. I am in. And it's also that I really, really God don't want to see the chiefs uh, win a Super Bowl. So I am in rooting for the Titans and picking the Titans to upset the chiefs in Arrowhead. They're going to run Derrick Henry all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, And then maybe eventually fall on it, but we'll see. But as long as it keeps the chiefs out of the Super Bowl, I'm happy. Um, gosh, you know what? I think, I think I just want to pick the Titans. Yeah. We're now a Titans podcast. Suck it. Titans fans. You can't kick us out. It's partially because Clark isn't here to, uh, just hate chastise us us for, (laughs) for picking a rival team of his, but I don't know. I'm a little bit like, I know that the chiefs came back and, just eventually crushed the Texans, but I was very, very concerned about the coaching decisions that were happening earlier in that game. And with some of the things that Mike Rabel has done against the Patriots and against the Ravens, two very good head coaches, 
I think that they are, I don't know, they're, they're giving me very, I saw this on Twitter and I completely agree, but they're giving me very like 2007 giantcy mm. vibes mm. where it's just like, they, they just seem to be on a mission and that's really all you need to do to win in the playoffs is to just get hot at the right time. And they've been hot for like two and a half months. So plus I think a Niners and chiefs Super Bowl would be just really aesthetically unpleasing. It's just like, it's like, it's like terribly reds on each other. It's like, I don't want that. I need color differential in my, in my viewing. If they're just like basically the same color playing against each other, it's going to be terrible on the eyes. Yeah, make the Niners go old school or something. I don't know. I, yeah. I need some a cool color in there, like a cool blue, some light blue. Yeah, some baby blue. Yes, yes. Uh, I also feel that like if the Chiefs come out to and and it, it partially could be that they were coming off of a bye, and you know it takes a little bit of time to get the engines revving again. They didn't come out. They came out super sloppy. The Titan, the Texans took full advantage of it, obviously, but then took advantage of it honestly too quickly and scored too many points we gave way too much time for the chiefs and they didn't have a defense to slow them down i feel like if the chiefs make mistakes against the titans then it's just going to be a 13 minute drive of derrick henry running down their throats for a touchdown as opposed to like deshaun watson scores on two passes and suddenly now it's you know a 21 to 0 game with you know in their seven minutes into the first quarter Uh, As opposed to, I think if the Titans were able to build a lead, it would be in the middle of the third. And you're like, how are the Chiefs going to come back from this when the defense is playing well and mainly is that offense is just unstoppable. And we haven't seen Ryan Tannehill in this passing game do anything or need to do anything, right? Tannehill made some beautiful throws uh, against the Ravens, but he he wasn't called upon that much. And maybe... The, he'll turn into a pumpkin when he maybe he'll get called upon against the Chiefs and he'll turn into a pumpkin. But I can't really say that like the Chiefs secondary terrified me uh, against the Texans. And if that play action game is on point, I don't know. I've just they the the Titans are a fun team to root for. They're a fun story. They took off. They took down the uh, defending Super Bowl champions and the perceived best team in the NFL this year. I'm going to let's ride them. Let's enjoy this ride uh, until it eventually ends. And it might end in a fucking Super Bowl. Who knows? But we'll be along for it. Yeah. The thing about the Titans is that they are never in any like difficult down and distance situations. Like they're always under like five yards to go to get a first down. And that's a great luxury to have when you have, um, you know, a quarterback who wasn't your starting quarterback to begin the year. Um, I do feel like we're going against conventional wisdom here and we might be kicking ourselves by next Monday for, for these picks. I'll be pretty happy if I'm wrong, but we picked the two probably worst quarterbacks in these matchups <laughs> to win. And at some point, good QV play has got to matter, right? Like I, I can't believe think I actually picked it would Pat be, Holmes. it would be uh, I have no faith. I have no doubt in Pat Mahomes putting together uh, a good showing. It would be, it seems about time for Aaron Rodgers to remind everyone who he is. And maybe he's not that player anymore, but like if he's going to, if he's going to flex old Aaron Rodgers muscles, this is, this is the week that he needs to do it. 
That's that's what I'm hoping for. He he was dropping some dimes yesterday, like that throw, really the, the throw to Jimmy Graham, not the not the one that eventually sealed the game, but the third down earlier, third where he just like yeah. dropped in his bread bat. I mean, that was a gorgeous throw. Some some beautiful throws to Devontae. He wasn't doing that thing where he's like uh, leaning back and throwing yeah. off of his back heel, or like just not setting himself and using good mechanics. My hope is that the Packers are riding off a whole lot of like nobody believes in us steam. Like Zadarius Smith has already got that train going. And I think like if Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, like Jair Alexander, who needs to show up in a big way, has been pretty absent this year. Uh, I think it could be an interesting game in San Francisco, but I might end up rooting for whoever the AFC champion is. If <laughs> Green Bay doesn't win, I might be a little salty. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, my whole AFC pick is just to keep the chiefs out of the Super Bowl. So I understand saltiness. It's a, it's yeah. a trait in, in all sports fans. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, some dynasty talk, some actual football talk. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. We are there. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. If you are so insulted by our divisional round picks, or sorry, our championship round picks, hit us up. Let us know. We're used to it now. We're used to having all kinds of uh, anger in our mentions, and we'll take it in full stride. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at PDM Rogers. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And since Clark got booted off before he could make it through the whole show, make sure to follow him at NFL Clark. We will be back at you next week to recap the championship, probably talk about the Super Bowl. Who knows what we're going to cover, but it'll be good football stuff. Until then, peace!